Waterproof Records, episode one. Here we go. Things are going to change. I can feel it. It's just going to be that kind of fight. Waterproof Records. Waterproof Records. Waterproof Records with Jacob Gibbons. I have been thinking about doing this podcast for months, and here we are, and it's exciting. I'm nervous. I'm not new to podcasts. Uh, If you follow some of the stuff I do, you'll know that I'm the co-host of the Biofriendly Podcast, which has been going on for two and a half years. So not new to this, but it's it's kind of daunting to start something from scratch again. Um, But I thought I'd start out just a little bit since you're joining me now to explain one who I am, what you're listening to. Wow, this microphone has the breath. It's really picking up the breath. Unless I'm just that excited. I'm probably that excited. Um, anyway, so I'm Jacob Gibbons. Uh, this whole idea came to me, um, about starting this podcast after everything that happened on TikTok. And depending on when you listen to this, you know, whether this is years from now or right when I air it, I, so everything kind of changed for me overnight when I started making TikTok uh, reaction videos. So long story short, I had fought the desire to get a TikTok account for a very, very, very long time, mainly because I'm a 42-year-old dad, and it was one of those things that I just thought, I can't be on TikTok. That's for kids. That's not a place for me. I can't be on that app at all. I'd seen other people that I know in comedy and whatnot make jokes about TikToks and how lame people could be on it. So I just had this impulse, like I don't belong on there. You know, I had done Vine when that was a popular app. But during the course of the of the pandemic of 2020, the most of the lockdown, I got bored. And I said, you know what, let's just make an, uh, a TikTok account. Let's see what happens. So I made it and I started kind of goofing around. I was doing skits and stuff like I always have. Uh, Motorcycle Ninjas was this silly video that I was making on my Instagram. And so I uploaded a couple of those to the TikTok channel. And I mean, as expected, the people that followed me were like friends, people that I knew right away. The few that were on the app already who had said, hey, make a TikTok account were following me. So it was a handful. You know, I, uh, my memory says it was like in the 20s, um, like 20 something people were following me. And so I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it too much at all. But how this all happened was, Right. This is a sad story, but I think it's an important story. And it's kind of the impetus that led us to where we are and why I now have Waterproof Records, the podcast. Um, I had in the month of April 2021, I had a friend um, that I knew from stand up comedy. His name was Ryan Demarest. He went by Ryan D because he got frustrated all the time telling people how to pronounce his last name or they're messing it up. He was much younger than I am, probably about 10, 11 years younger than I am. But we were good friends. Um, You know, I didn't get to see him all the time. Obviously, during the lockdown, not at all. But I was a guest on his podcast, uh, Hit Hit the Mics with Ryan D, which is a reference to Metallica. Um, And he was a a good buddy. I liked him. I loved him. You know, whenever we got a chance to hang out at a comedy show, I always loved my time with Ryan. And we would joke about filming sketches together. He was so supportive of the things that I had done. You know, he had seen my movie, um, I had a bloody good time at House Harker. 
And he had, you know, tweeted it out and told friends about it and, you know, commented it. He was just an awesome dude. Um, and he was a drummer and a skateboarder and just a, a good friend. And uh, he died um, on April 29th. And it was very unexpected. Um, I took the news very hard. Um, it was not, uh, you know, he was a young guy. Um, and it just kind of broke my heart when I, I, I found out the news. I had texted him a few days earlier. Um, and, uh, during the lockdown, we talked about hanging out going to see live music, you know, so you just don't expect to you know, lose a friend, um, that suddenly it wasn't a COVID it was other complications, but, um, we won't get into that right now. But, but anyway, I, uh, I found out the news that he had passed away and I spent a lot of time that weekend just really grieving and, you know, getting all teary eyed about losing him. And I was sitting outside and I was listening to music and, Music is such a constant thing for us in our lives. You know, it's such an important thing and life can get busy and, and, you know, things can get chaotic, but you can always come back to music and it can make you feel sad, happy, love, you know, uh, sorrow, uh, forlorn, you know, dark, uh, all the moods, all the emotions. Music is magic. Music is probably the most important thing I think I experience as a human being. And I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you probably feel the same way. Um, so I was listening to music and some songs were coming on and, and Ryan and I would talk about Metallica and I was thinking about the transformative power of music. I was thinking about that moment in 1991. I remember sitting there and hearing Smells Like Teen Spirit on MTV's 120 Minutes. I don't think I was even allowed to be up at that hour watching the, the television, but because my parents were strict, you know. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was in the Bible Belt, and it was a religious household, and so um, I think that I was kind of sneaking around when I was watching it, but I, I believe I had this memory that I think it was the premiere of Smells Like Teen Spirit, and that moment just kind of rushed over me then about how powerful that was and how that really set the course for my adolescence, for my formative years musically, um, and so... I was sitting here and I was thinking about that moment. So I grabbed my phone and I filmed myself going both ways, <laughs> going back and forth as if I was talking to two people, um, as if there were two people talking. And I was kind of reenacting that feeling. Now, the funny thing about TikTok is it'll provide you these tracks that you can use. And so because I was a new user, the Nirvana Nevermind, it only had this 30-second excerpt of the song that you could use. You couldn't choose the point that you jumped in the song. And I, I don't think a lot of people know that, that don't use the app, that, that at least at that initial stage, it's like you're, you're given what the app gives you. So I filmed this moment, and at the time, I didn't even, so I, I finished doing it, and I didn't even publish it. I put the phone back in my pocket. A friend came over. I got distracted with other things for the evening. And then the next morning, it was a Monday morning. I was getting up for work. I opened up my phone. I was just going to browse through the app. And it said something like, you didn't upload this video. And in that moment, I almost deleted it. I just kind of was like, this is dumb. Who cares? <laughs> You've got 23 followers. Who cares? But something just was like, well, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Just publish it. So I hit publish. I, I put my phone in my pocket. I walked away. I went to work. And I think it was around my lunch break that I just looked at my phone. 
and I saw it was in the 80, 90,000 views or something. And that just floored me. It just blew my mind. I couldn't believe that this was happening. Um, I had never had anything happen like it before. And see, I live in Los Angeles. I moved to LA 20 years ago as an actor and I, I became a screenwriter and I've pursued an entertainment career for almost two decades. I've made web series. Uh, you know, I've done, I've been to short films. I, a group of friends and I, we made a feature film like I talked about earlier and everything that we've ever done. Sure. We've had people watch it. Sure. We've had fans of our work, but I had never witnessed that thing that you hear happens to other people. I had never seen that thing where you post a video and then it just goes and it just kept going. It kept going. By the time I got home that evening, it was at 170,000 views. And then by the time I was going to bed, it was 300,000 views. The next morning, Tuesday morning, I decided, I was like, you know what? What if lightning can strike twice? And I thought of another transformative song. I thought of Radiohead's Creep. And so I sat down and those moments that I was acting out on these little videos were just kind of how I remember experiencing it. You know, that sound and... Um, just the haunting Tom York vocals and how powerful it gets. But again, I was limited to this very short span of time of the song, but I did it. You know, I recorded the video and then again, that thing just went and went and went and it really captured something. And the comments that I get on those first few, few videos were so frustrating because people would be like, that's not even Radiohead's best song. Like, don't you even know? And I was like, that's, oh man, you were so missing the point of these videos you know, trying to sit there and, and tell me like, I just didn't know anything about the band. But I, but honestly, I try so hard not to focus on any negative comments. 95% of the things that are said on the TikTok videos are uplifting. And wow, this takes me back. Or I, I, I remember that feeling or somebody young saying like, I had just learned about this band. Amazing. So I decided early on, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and fixate on on people who are angry or upset or saying negative things in the comments, and I never will. There's just no point. Um, I've made enough YouTube content to learn that lesson very well. But anyway, so I'm trying to wrap this up so we can get to the subject material. <laughs> but I, I, I did the Radiohead thing, and these things were getting to a million views within a couple days, and I just you know couldn't believe it. The followers were going up. And then I think I did a Pumpkins one, and then I did I did Rage Against the Machine. And the Rage Against the Machine one, if you know me on this podcast through my videos, that's probably the one that you saw first. That one, um, even though Radiohead has gotten far more views, the, the Rage Against the Machine one in my backyard where people love to say, what did your neighbors think? I don't know. I, <laughs> I've only lived in this place for a very short while, but I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure they've seen weirder things, or maybe not. I don't know. But I was doing freedom, uh, doing the freedom video, and I put it online. I mean, I put it on TikTok, and then before I knew it, wow, 24 hours, that thing just blew up, and I think everything changed. There was this uh, great podcaster, screenwriter, creative uh, gentleman named Paul Bay. I owe him a lot because I didn't know him before this, but he was on Twitter, and he took that video from TikTok, and he posted it on his Twitter account, and it just started spreading. I, I hadn't even thought to post the TikToks on Twitter at this point. I was, they were like two different things. You know, I had struggled for years trying to get footing on, um, on Twitter with my stupid jokes and my puns and my dad humor that I've got. 
if you if you have followed me on there, I, I you know, man, I'm a goober. I'm like the epitome of goober. And so this guy, Paul Bay, he puts it on Twitter and it just starts going, going, going. And people start tagging me and they're going, that's Jacob Givens. And Paul and I connect, which is great. And then within like a day, uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine sees the video and he tweets it, retweets it out, the, out, out to everybody. And I mean, I don't think my brain could even handle it. You know, like something like that happens. I, I have been following Tom Morello's career since I was a teenager and really, really loved and respected that band and, and how in, influential they were for me. And to see him see my stupid face doing what I was doing, writhing around on the ground, reacting to freedom and thinking it was cool and thinking it was funny and thinking it was worthy to retweet, share to his fans and followers, man, I'll hang on to that moment for the rest of my life. But it, you know, it landed, landed my TikTok and my music reactions into Spin Magazine and Louder and all these different places. I was ending up on the Bro Bible and all these places. And um, it just it kind of changed everything, changed the game for me. So um, I just realized in that moment, I had forgotten about what a big deal music was for me to talk about. Um, when I was a teenager and even into my early 20s, I mean, I lived and breathed music all day, every day. Um, listening to albums, discovering new artists. It was just a huge part of my youth. And I think life gets distracted and you get busy and you have kids and you have a job. And I am one of those people, though, that if you get into a car with me or I work at a desk, I'm always listening to music. I'm always listening to music, like to the point where my wife will be in the car and I'm always trying to fiddle around, get some music playing. And she said to be like, you know, sometimes there's a lot of chaos in the house with the kids and I kind of could use the quiet. And I'm like, right, 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 right. Quiet is good too. Quiet is good too. So I, I'll, I'll respect that as well. But I love listening to music and it's been something that I really got to thank my, my parents for at a young age. My mom always played like records around the house and she was not, I love my mother dearly, but she was not quote unquote cool when it came to music. What I was listening to as a kid was classical and Willie Nelson and Patsy Cline and, uh, you know, musicals. And, um, I mean, she liked the Beatles, but my mom liked the pre-drug Beatles. She liked the pop Beatles, which is great. It's great stuff, but like, it was funny if you would ask her, she just was like, well, they got weird, and then I was <laughs> and that's considered like when their music got, you know, Pow! but my dad kind of, uh, my dad loved Jimi Hendrix and The Doors and Creedence Clearwater and and uh, Zeppelin and, and, you know, all these bands, but he wasn't like he was really allowed to play that around the house. It was almost like I got to hear that with my dad in like little quiet moments here and there. I knew that he liked the harder rock, but it was like, oh, we don't want to play this. It'll drive your mother crazy. <laughs> but I grew up with always music playing in the house. There was always music. And to this day, if I go stay with my mom, she just has music playing. It's just, you know, it's like 20s uh, in the background or classical or, you know, Chopin. Um, and so I think that that's probably has a lot to do with it. But once this thing happened with TikTok, I was just like, well, you need to make this a part of your life again. You need to get back into sharing your passion and love of music with people. And, you know, my mom was asking when this whole thing started happening with TikTok and my brother and I would be on the phone with her. She was like, why do you guys know so much about albums and bands? And why is that in your head still? 
And we both had the same answer, which was here we were two boys that grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that neither of us got into sports. And dudes who don't get into sports, you know, because you know, if you're listening to this, if you're into sports, your head, you fill it with like sports knowledge and teams and stats and who won this game and what player this is. I never cared to learn any of that. I think it's great that you do, but my, my brain had an enormous amount of real estate that could be taken up by more useless information, and I chose bands. And my brother chose bands. And, uh, and by all means, I do not proclaim to be like the music expert. You could definitely stump me. If you leave my era of music or genre of music, I'll probably be like, a, I don't know that one, you know? But there's a window of time, there's a pocket of time that I feel like I could talk about forever, and that's what this show is about. So that was the longest intro as to how we are here. So before I get into, uh, you know, the reason why it's called Waterproof Records, we're going to call this show Waterproof Records for a very, very important reason. You know, when I, when I first came up with the idea to do this podcast, I was going to call it Superversive because I was thinking of like the idea of subversive and then I was like uplifting, you know, the opposite of sub. Anyway, so that was what I was kind of circling for a long time. When I, when I thought of doing this show and then, and then I, I Googled it, you know, cause like when you, when you come up with a creative project, you want to see, did somebody beat me to it? So I Googled it and some other guy had kind of started this literature movement called superversive literature. And I was like, eh, that's a bummer. And we'll always be kind of, you know, if I do this and he does that. So I kind of got back in my head about it. And then it was, um, some really good friends of mine and my wife that reminded me of waterproof records and the story behind Waterproof Records is this. My son, currently right now, is 12. He'll be 13 soon. But when he was maybe two, three years old, he was pretty young at the time. This was probably 2010, 2011. Um, I was watching him, and he was taking a bath. And I was sitting there, and we had these old, uh, you know, like the blank CDs, blank discs around the house. And, you know, people as we get more streaming and stuff like that, you just didn't have the need to burn the discs anymore. So somehow they'd found their way into the bathtub, like a blank disc as something that he was like playing with, you know, putting on his finger and it had the reflective material. So I'm sitting there with them and, and, you know, my son had known that music was a big deal and that vinyl records were a good idea. And you know, that there was something that I cared about. And, um, you know, I, I had even taken him out to go buy a vinyl record. I'd take him to a record store and I said, whatever you want. I took him to the dollar bin and I said, pick whatever you want. And he picked something, you know, that he thought looked cool. Oh, he picked Indiana Jones, the soundtrack. Um, cause my son went through like a John Williams phase when he was younger. Um, so we picked that out. And so he knew that like records were a big deal. So I can't remember how we got started on the story, but I was like, maybe we should start our own record company as I'm talking to him in the bathtub and we were sitting there and we were talking about it and he was like, yeah. And I was like, what should we call it? And out of his mouth, he said waterproof. And I think he was holding that disc and he was in the water with it. And he was thinking about the music being waterproof. And I, oh my gosh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It was perfect. It was so simple. And I loved this idea because waterproof, it is this like unsinkable thing, you know? And so right then and there, in that moment, we decided if we own a record store someday, we're going to call it waterproof records. 
So we even went and went into his bedroom one day during like a play thing. And we created a, our own record store in his room and we drew the logo and it was a, it was a record like this, like the setting sun and it had waves in front of it. And it had this, you know, it looked like a sun setting over water, but the, the sun was a record. We drew the picture. I still have these pictures. We have, drew the picture. We had records set up on his room and we had, you know, uh, his mom come in, my wife come in and pick out records, which one she wanted and buy them with pretend money. And we had our record store and that's such a meaningful memory. And, and to this day, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if one day I could have my own record store and how great that would be. And, and, and beyond that, not just a record store, I wanted to have a record store and a brewery. Um, now I make mead, so maybe it's a record store and a meadery, but waterproof records. So I, that was it. I was like, I got to call the podcast Waterproof Records. Um, but anyway, so that's the, that's the story. That's why we're doing what we're doing. I think that maybe for the first episode, that's what we do. We just cover the reason behind this show, kind of why we're here and what this is going to be about. Um, this is one of those unique podcasts where I find myself, I'm alone. I don't have a co-host. I don't have guests as of yet. Maybe one day it'll be Tom Morello sitting in my tavern, um, here <laughs> and he'll be on the show. We'll see. Let's hope. Let's hope we can get that far. But for now, my plan for you guys is this week to week. I'm going to pick an album that I am very passionate about or came out when I was younger. And we're just going to talk about it. Obviously, I can't play the music on the podcast because of rights and whatnot, but we're going to talk about that album, about the feelings, the, the emotions behind it, what was going on at the time. Um, I am not one of these people that consider myself a critic at all. I'm a lover of music. So there's going to be a lot of kind of positive things about the show. It's going to be uplifting. I hope that when you listen to me during your run or your drive or you're doing chores around the house, that we can just go on a trip together and go down memory lane and, and, and revisit these amazing albums and bands and songs and moments and memories and just, just get into it. Um, well, that sounded like a burped, but I didn't. That was like a, um, and then I'm going to try to show you guys new music that I'm loving. And then maybe along the way, you can like message me and say, you should check this out and we'll talk about it. Um, there's so many fun places we can go on waterproof records, but thank you guys for joining me for my very first podcast episode. And I am excited to do more of these. I started out with a story about Ryan. It was a sad one, but really it was the loss of a friend that inspired me to embrace how much music means to me again. So I really thank you, Ryan. I know your spirit is with me somehow through all this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I will probably start with episode two, digging into, uh, uh, one of my most favorite albums of all time. So we will get to that soon, but thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for checking out waterproof records and, uh, with Jacob Givens and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.
water.